0: Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield,
1: Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. Genesis 4, verse 8. Cain spoke to Abel his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? He said, "'I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper?' And the Lord said, "'What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground, and now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth.' Cain said to the Lord, "'My punishment Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. When he built a city, he called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. To Enoch was born Erad, and Erad fathered Mahujael, and Mahujael fathered Methujael, and Methujael fathered Lamech, and Lamech took two wives. The name of the one was Adah. And the name of the other Zillah. Adah bore Jabal, he was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother name was Jabal, his brother's name was Jabal. He was the father of all those who play lyre and pipe. Zillah also bore Tubal Cain. He was the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. The sister of Tubal Cain was Naamah. Lamech said to his wives, Adah and Zillah, hear my voice. You wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold. And Adam knew his wife again. She bore a son and called his name Seth. For she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel. For Cain killed him. To Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can grab a seat.
0: Hey, give it up for Jonathan for getting all those names perfectly correct. That's awesome. I gave him a hard passage because I didn't want to read all those names. Hey, listen, I know we brought a little bit of attention to the worship dynamic this week, but I want to let you know next week in this place is going to look way, way different. Here's why. Next week is our uh, Salt Company Fall Conference. Salt Company is our college ministry. Listen, you may not recognize the church next week. They're going to be branding everywhere for that fall conference. Uh, it might get a little wilder up here on the stage next Sunday. And I just want you to know, Scott explained it, it is going to look vastly Different As well as the fall conference happening next week, next week is also a family gathering. So we will have our child classes for zero to three years old. Next week, we're jumping into the story of Noah. So we're going to have, uh, we're basically going to have kindergartners all the way up. They're going to be in the room with us. We're excited. We love it when, when our kids get to come in here uh, and be, be with us for that. So that's going to happen. Um, let me pray. And we are got to dive into this story of Cain. All right, God, we love you. Thank you for your word. Um, and as always, we ask that you would open our eyes, that we would see incredible things from your word. May we become a people who would confess and repent at every turn. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, so far in 2023, actually, when I was writing this sermon, that there had already been 14 homicides in Springfield, Missouri. Since I wrote this sermon, we are now up to 15. That is the reality in our city. Now, if that doesn't... uh, Just give you some sort of pause. I'll just throw some more data at you. Uh, 433 people were murdered in New York City in 2022. 477 people have been murdered in the city of Chicago so far this year. Uh, And more murders will happen in November and December than the other months in uh, in every city. Anywhere from 21,000 to 25,000 people will die by homicide in this country this year like how do we get there (laughs) and the short simple answer is genesis chapter 3 right sin entered the world genesis chapter 3 if you're visiting we have been in genesis we started in the fall we are going to be in genesis Until our seven-year-olds graduate high school probably. I don't know how long we're going to be in Genesis. But but we're here and we're going to live here. So let me do just a quick review because there's even a more detailed answer than just to say Genesis chapter 3. So we know that God... Uh, The one true and living God created, and he created everything perfect, and and the world was sinless, and and he created man and woman in his image, and he gave man and woman a job as his vice regents, and they were to be fruitful, they were to multiply, they were to fill the earth, they were to subdue it, and then they, they were to create and cultivate this planet and cause it to flourish, and in so doing, they would glorify the creator. And everything was going fine until Genesis chapter 3, Satan entered the scene. And he comes on the scene and he's a liar. He's the father of lies. So he lies and he tempts Adam and Eve and he destroys. So Adam and Eve did sin. They disobeyed God and creation was fractured and and God curses the ground. And he curses Satan. And he drives Adam and Eve out of his presence. He drives them out of the garden. And they settle east of Eden. But before God sent them out. We must remember. One of the, one of the, one of the biggest verses in all scripture. Is Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. Where God makes a promise that somebody is coming. This lady. This, this girl Eve. She's going to have a son. And this son is going to be bruised. But this son is going to crush Satan. He's going to crush the serpent. He is going to crush the dragon. Now Eve hears this. She hears Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. She knows this promise is coming, and she believes this promise is going to come soon. Like so soon, like she thinks, my literal son, the the one I'm going to have, like this is going to happen immediately, and she has a son. She names him Cain. And just even in that name, we don't have time to get into it, but just in the name that she gave her firstborn son, she believes this is the one. This is the one that will crush the dragon. And she's going to learn very quickly that he isn't the one. She has another son. She names him Abel. And last week Aaron taught us that they each were going to come with sacrifices before God. But Abel brought his with the right heart, and it was accepted. And Cain brought his, but his heart was not right, and God rejected it. Cain didn't like that. So he murdered. And 25,000 people will be murdered in the United States in 2023. Here. Here. We have the first homicide. And remember, one of the things we learned early or in Genesis chapter 3 was that sin will always give us knowledge that we never wanted, and it will always fracture deeper than we ever expected. And here, Cain lures his brother in verse 8. He lures him into the field, and then Cain rose up against his brother Abel, and he killed him. And Murder is now introduced to the planet, and I want to step out of the text just for a minute and just just get uncomfortable as quickly as we can. Some of you are not going to like to hear this. There is a murderer in all of us. Something I'm teaching my kids right now as they're getting old enough to just notice some things and notice people. And sometimes they'll make some comments about people. Maybe, maybe if they look different or, or if they're acting a certain way. And, and, and one of the things I'm teaching them is, hey, listen, I'm going to teach you a phrase. Here it is. And I want you guys to get this. But for the grace of God, there go I. And that we would see people and know Yeah, yeah, Maybe they've made a wreck of their lives. Yes. But let's not think that we're better. See, there's a murderer in me. There's a murderer in you. But for the grace of God, there go I. How do I know this? Because Jesus comes along in the New Testament. And he says something like, hey, no, if you hate someone, you are a murderer. So, So you may incorrectly be concluding right now upon hearing this, well, awesome, I don't hate anyone. Not so fast. What is hate? I would say the definition would be to assign little or no value to. See, to hate someone is to assign little or no value to, to that person. And and can you believe that we would do this to an image bearer? Oh, it happens all the time. Have you caught yourself? That person is—he's oh, worthless. He's so worthless. Oh, that—that that dude! What a piece of right. Any seed of that is devastating. Like, we, we should never look at a person, no matter what crime they commit, no matter what they might say to us, we should never look at an image bearer and say, Oh, he's, he's worthless. I and mean, she's, she's so worthless. It's a murder. So, just, just back to the story, God comes to Cain after he murders his brother. And he actually came to Cain very uh, similarly uh, in the way that he did Cain's mom, dad, Adam, and Eve, after they sinned. You remember Adam and Eve sinned, and God comes. He says, Where are you? Where are you? In Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. This time he comes to Cain after he committed murder. He said, Hey, wh- God comes, where is Abel, your brother? So, so let's not mistake this. As always, God, God does not ask, hey, where is Abel, your brother? God does not ask Adam and Eve, where are you? He doesn't ask those questions in order to secure information. This is more like a question from a parent that, that is asking a child, have you, have, you been, have you been eating the M&Ms while chocolate is all over their face? This, listen, we, we, we know, don't we, parents? See, God knew. He's just just doing some incredible parenting here. Hey, where's Abel, your brother? And Cain responds. Maybe like a Lotes kid will every once in a while and just lies. (laughs) But he lies. Cain lies to God. I do not know. He told God, I do not know that that was a lie. And then we get one of the most famous questions in all of Scripture where Cain says, am I my brother's keeper? And of course, we know the answer to that question is, why, yes, Cain, you are your brother's keeper. And Hill City In case you would ever ask the same question, you are your brother's keeper. You are your neighbor's keeper. You are your spouse's keeper. You are your friend's keeper. You are a keeper. So let's go back to this idea of murder. I'm going to ask it, who is it that you have murdered? Okay, I asked it the wrong way. Who is it that you hate? Who is it that you have assigned little or no value to? Well, I've never said anybody's worthless. Okay. Have you gossiped about someone? Do they have so little value that you would gossip about them? Have you not forgiven someone? Like, are, have you devalued them so much that you are unforgiving? Who, who is it that, that you would show contempt toward? And listen, I'm telling you, this may be the person you're married to. And here's what I would hope we would do and unapologetically. Th- th- this is a call to those of us in Hill City. This is a call to repentance. That we would examine... Our own hearts. Who is it that I would do this? Like, like I want us to repent of gossip. I want us to, to repent of unforgiveness. I want us to repent of the contempt we would have in our hearts. Why? Because what follows in this story, I want it to grip our hearts this morning. I actually would pray and I have prayed that it would grip our hearts and rip our hearts. Because if you get anything today, this is the thing. What we're diving into, this is the thing. And, and what is it? It's the devastation of unrepentance. Well, what is repentance? Like it's, it's a church word, right? I get it. But, but quite literally, it's turning from something. Literally, turning away from something, but then going towards something else. Okay, now quite, quite literally it is, it is a change of mind and heart that leads to a change in our action. So when you hear me say repenting, it's more than admitting. Like we're great at admitting, but that, that can just be prideful because we say things like I am who I am, that's how God made me. Well, that's admitting, but that's not repenting. You with me? Listen, repenting. There are plenty of mitters in the room. My prayer is that we would all be repenters. And here's our reality. Repentance, it's the narrow path. And this is sad, but it's true. Most people actually choose the devastation. And you don't have to. You can choose repentance. And listen, just allow me, please, to, to, to love you in this moment as, as I call us all to repentance, listen, I love you. I don't want the devastation. I've seen the devastation. Don't go the way of devastation. There's devastation. And, unrepentance. and Cain is one who does not repent. We saw last week in verse 7 where, where listen, God didn't reject Cain. He rejected, his, he rejected his, his sacrifice, right? And he comes to him, he says, Cain, in verse 7, he's like, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Like, don't miss that. God is like, Here, here's a chance. You can repent, right? Well, he didn't. So, so he goes on and he murders and then God comes to him and says, hey, where is Abel your brother? And then he asked in verse 10, and the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Listen, all of those questions as God comes to Cain, we can't miss it. Those are opportunities for repentance that Cain could have said, God, God, I- listen, I messed this up so bad. I became angry, and I was angry with you, and I I killed my brother, and oh, this is a mess, and and I'm sorry, and I need you to forgive me. And Cain could have done that, but he didn't. But don't miss what God does there, and he comes over and over and over, and he gives chance after chance for us to repent. Just like he did with Cain, he gives us multiple chances. How does he do this? Well, most of the time it's with people in our lives. Okay, so, so maybe it's friends that he would send to us. Maybe it's family members. Maybe he has you in a in a city group, right, where, where people can ask questions and 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 maybe just God using them to point you to a place where you need to repent. Sometimes it's small interruptions of life that he would use. Sometimes hello Sunday morning. Sometimes it's a it, it's a sermon where where, where God would convict, and maybe you would hear someone say, hey, don't do that. You're, you're, you're going the wrong way here. That isn't the way a godly man should do this. That's, that's not what a, hey, that's not what a godly, that's not how a godly wife should respond here. Like, and, and he brings people into to your life and my life to do that. And listen to me, hear this. Isn't God so kind that he would send people to do what family and friends, a church, isn't God so kind? Just remember that, just remember in this moment right now that kindness of God, put it in your back pocket. He comes to Cain. Gives him more chances to repent. And Cain doesn't do it. So verse 11 through 14, he kind of tells him what's going to happen. Curse, and now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood. When you work the ground, it's no longer going to yield its strength to you. Now he said, you're going to be a fugitive and a wanderer in verse 12. And Cain, Cain responds with, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Well, he's right. Don't forget that sentence either. But, but, but listen, you can read that and think, wait a minute, that's, he's repenting. Oh, no. No, no. He, he, he's still worried about Cain. Right? He says, my punishment. Well, he seems sorry. Oh, I think he's sorry for sure. He's sorry about the consequences of his sin. But that doesn't mean that you are repentant. What's ironic about it is that he would be Exiled. He would be a wanderer and a fugitive um, where he would have no keeper. The question, am I my brother's keeper? Well, he was, and his punishment is now you're going out there, and guess what? There's no keeper for you. And it was a punishment. That was great, but Cain was never sorry about sinning against his brother. Cain was never sorry. Let's not forget, like, like he took a son from a mom and dad. See, now... Now Adam and Eve have experienced something that all, the, all parents in the room, we pray, would never experience. He took a son from a mom and dad. He wasn't sorry about that. But most, more importantly than, than anything is he wasn't sorry that he sinned against the holy and righteous God. And when you see Cain here as he responds with with, with my punishment is greater than I can bear, we, we, we cannot see a repenter, we must see this is a, a selfish, a selfish uh, grumbler. That's what we see. And listen, the Bible never has anything good to say about Cain from here forward. And he's mentioned, like in the New Testament, First John 3:12, Cain who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. He's mentioned again in Jude verse 11. Woe to them for they go the way of Cain. Like it's a warning. Don't go the way of Cain. Maybe we should hear that. But but you got to think why nothing positive? Why would the Bible not say anything positive about Cain from here forward? Because you and you might conclude well because he murdered. Like he murdered his brother. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. David murdered, right? Let's pile on top of that that he committed adultery before he did it. Right? The Bible speaks very highly of David. Why? Because David came to God and said, "Have mercy on me, O God." David came to God and said, Cleanse me from my sin. David came to God and said, I have sinned against you. David repented and confessed his sins. So I've added another word, confess, right? So, so we're going to be people of confession and repentance. Well, what is confession? It's, it's way more than just to admit. The word confess would mean to agree with. So we confess our sins to God. That means we agree with God about our sins. And when we agree with God about our sins, then we will turn from those sins and go in a different direction. We must be a people of confession and repentance. And some of you in the room, just, just like me, some times we've concluded, right, that it's the sin in our lives that are keeping us from the blessing of God. No. It's not confessing and repenting of the sin in your life that would keep you. See, the lack of confession and repentance ruined Cain. Poor Cain. Right? So he's worried about, man, they're going to kill me. I'm a fugitive. I'm a wonder. If anyone finds me, they're going to kill me. Then the Lord said, not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest anyone found him, should attack him. So the Lord marked him, made sure that, no, that he wasn't going to be killed. And then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. So Adam and Eve were east of Eden. Cain goes further away from where the presence of God dwelt. Poor Cain. Oh, stinks for Cain. Okay, let's, let's just turn the page and Cain. Learn from Cain. Let's move on. The problem is we can't. Why? Because one generation's decisions can have a significant influence on another generation. Positively or negatively. See, Cain suffered some consequences. Cain runs from God. And you know what happened? His offspring did exactly what their dad did. We read about it. Cain knew his wife. She conceived. She bore Enoch. Right? Cain then built a city. He called the name of the city after his son Enoch. And then Enoch has some kids, and, and, and they, they, they did some things. But one, one of the, his uh, grand, great-grandkids was Lamech, who took two wives. Well, now we have polygamy introduced into the world. That never should have happened. You go to Genesis, right? And you learn what marriage was supposed to be. Well, just a few generations of sin later, now we've got marriage all jacked up. Lamech, Lamech took two wives. And then, and then if, if you don't miss it, like, on down in the family tree, you have this Tubal Cain, and he was a forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. Now, these aren't musical instruments. These are tools. So, yes, there were tools that, that were made that might help them cultivate, but really what we have to understand is the tools that Tubal Cain would, would have created would have been tools of war at which the hands of hundreds and thousands would die. See, it started with just one homicide. But look what happens as generations follow. And then you see this Lamech character. He said to his wives, and we have this song, and some theologians call this the song of the sword. Adah and Zillah, hear my voice, you wives of Lamech. Listen to what I have to say. Here we go. I have killed a man for wounding me. Now that word wounding, it actually is just simply bruised. He bruised me. He scratched me. He just kind of offended me. That, 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 that's how this word is translated. He says, I've killed a man for wounding me, but not just a man, a young man for striking me. So, so if you know what, what this word would mean for young man, it's like he killed an adolescent for just annoying him. Killed him. And in this song, we get a glimpse That one generation's lack of faith led to the lack of faith in another. Mom and dad, hear me. More is caught than taught. Be faithful. Your kids are watching. Dads, they're watching how you love their mom. Mom, your kids are watching how you respect their dad. Dad. Be faithful. So That's an that's unreasonable amount of pressure. Okay. I care enough to tell you. Cain wasn't thinking about the impact that his lack of faith would have had. But I want you to know today, and this is reality, when you make decisions today, they will have an effect on people who probably aren't even born yet. Plus, I'm talking to college students, I'm talking to young professionals, I'm talking to grandmas and grandpas in the room. All of us can make decisions today that will affect those who aren't even on the planet yet. And here's our reality, guys. We're, we are disturbingly conscious like we're, We know of the poor and unfaithful decisions made by previous generations, specifically in our family. But for some reason, we can seem to be selectively blind to the pain that we will cause future generations with our poor and unfaithful decisions. And you need to know that oftentimes, the consequences of our decisions outlive us. We see evidence here. We see Lamech, he he murders for no reason, but he doesn't just murder, he's murder, he's prideful about it. He says in his song, if Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold. In other words, he's boasting about his crime, but in his boasting, he's like, I'm actually better than God. See, God said sevenfold on Cain, but I'm saying seventy-sevenfold. And he's not, he's not just saying he's better than God, he's actually, he's actually opposite of God. How do we know this? Because some of you, you're like, wait a minute, 77, 77, well, I've heard this before, you have heard this before. See, Jesus comes on the scene, and Jesus is asked, how often should, should we forgive someone? Seven times? And what does Jesus say? No, 70 times seven. See, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus knows what was written here in the Old Testament. And he's saying, listen, the way of Cain is that you, would, that, that you would be vengeful 77 times. But the way of Jesus is that, no, we forgive. Lamech is the one who had a son that made tools of death. And this is the legacy of... Of Cain. And it, what, what, the, the banner would be unfaithful, unrepentant. Well, what's the legacy of Abel? We we don't even hear much about Abel. He, he, brought, he brought a sacrifice, but the New Testament actually says something about Abel too in Hebrews. It said, by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice. Than Cain, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. So, 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 hear me out. Have you thought about what would be the banner over your life? Have you thought about this? Listen, I'm talking to college students, I'm talking to mom and dads, I'm talking to grandmas and grandpas, I'm talking to everybody here. So, so, so this time of year, the, the Lotes family does, we just sit around a fire all the time, right? i got a fire going, and, and we've got these cards that have questions on them. My kids have grown to love this game. They Each of them get, gets a card, and they read on the card the question, or, or you know, what's your favorite food, all that. So, so Clementine pulls out a card the other day, and, and the, the question was, how do you want to be remembered? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. And, of course, I mean, listen, 12, 11, 10, 8, it's like, I want to be remembered as a great football player, right? Oh, I want to remember, right? And it allowed Jenny and I to, to have some great conversations. But I was also prepping this sermon at the same time, like, whoa, okay, Lord, you, you did this like, wh- what is it? How do I want to be remembered? How do you want to be remembered? I, I would hope that my wife, my kids, that this church, the people in this church would... Listen, he, he was a faithful, humble repenter. Like, like, may it be said of me and maybe you, it's like he just ran to Jesus all the time. When things were good, he ran to Jesus and confessed his pride and repented from his pride. When things were bad, he ran to Jesus And he confessed and repented of his pride. (laughs) I hope that's how it would go. That I would be faithful. Because see, the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's why Abel has a legacy of faith and Cain doesn't because Cain was unfaithful. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. And without faith in Jesus, it's impossible to confess and repent. So hear me out, Christians in the room. This room has mostly Christians, okay? This idea of repentance, this idea of confession, it is not a one-time thing that we do in order to be saved. Yes, we confess our sins. We agree with God. We confess that Jesus is Lord. And when we do that, we pass from death to life. But this is just the beginning point of a life of repentance. It is what we do over and over and over again. We faithfully repent and the opportunity to repent is actually one of the most beautiful things that you could ever imagine because some of us like we've been in church we've heard like repent repent it's like this triggering thing no it's beautiful and it's beautiful because Jesus made it beautiful so now our eyes go to Jesus see I don't want our eyes on Cain I want our eyes to go to Jesus because it's Jesus that actually suffered the same things that Cain suffered but Jesus was innocent See, Cain was cursed. That's what this passage says. But see, Galatians tells that Jesus became a curse on the cross. Cain shed his brother's blood. Jesus shed his own blood. Cain was a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Jesus had no place to lay his head, Matthew chapter 8. Cain said he couldn't bear his punishment. Jesus begged God in the garden, let this cup pass from me. Cain's face was hidden from God. He was, he was put out even further east of Eden, but it was Jesus on the cross who was forsaken by God. Cain knew that whoever found him would kill him. But God didn't let that happen. God marked Cain so that he wouldn't be killed. And Jesus put on flesh and he came to earth. He knew that he would be killed. But God did let that happen for you and for me. No mark was put on Jesus to keep him from being murdered. If you're serving communion, I'm going to ask you to head back at this time and prepare the table. If you read in church history, Every awakening, every movement of God within a culture, it actually began with the people of God repenting. And then what would happen when the people of God would would begin to repent then those who didn't know Jesus like man th- then the spirit of God would move move on them and then they would begin to follow Jesus and they would begin to repent and here's what I do believe guys I do believe this with all my heart something is happening I think there's something happening across this country I think something's happening in Springfield at Missouri state and the reason I say it cuz I know something's happening here at Hill City and and, and even in some other local contexts in our area something is happening and and, and listen think I think it's beginning of of, of a movement of God okay and that's not to say God was ever asleep like he's always been working but but for some reason he just chooses to move at different times and I think something is happening and what I want to do personally what I want to call all of us to is just let's lean in more to this life of repentance can you can, can you do that can we just lean in more to be people who confess and people who repent Now, how do we do that? How would I inspire you to do that? How would you inspire others to do that? Like by yelling, come on, repent, you're going to burn. Like, is that how we do it? No, 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 no. Go to your back pocket. Go to your back pocket. Let's take a look at the kindness of God. It's a good practice. Where has God been kind to you? Well, did you wake up today? Um, have you had a good meal lately? Do you have some clothes to put on today? Did you sleep in a house last night? Right? I've been to some of your houses. Keeps the rain off your head, let's just say that. Has he given you a loving wife? (laughs) Loving husband? Okay, let's just get really seriously. If you're still struggling to see the kindness of God, here we go. Did he strike you down this week when you were looking at that thing on your screen? Did he do that? Did he take your life the moment that you gossiped about someone? Did you take your last breath when you devalued a person who bears the image of God? Of course not. Isn't God so kind? And the Bible says this. It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Would you hear his kind voice today? And I pray that we see today as yet another opportunity that God is giving us to repent. Would you stand? God, my punishment is more than I can bear for my unfaithfulness. And thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord that he took it. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Lead us to repentance. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.